Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. This is your host, Angela O'Mara. Today we have Dr. Kristen J. Kent, who's a facial plastic surgeon. Located in Sarasota, Florida. Good morning and welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio, Dr. Kristen. How are you today? I'm doing very well, Angela. How are you? I am doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being on Aesthetic Insider Radio. And I'm so excited to be talking about PRP treatment, platelet-rich plasma. And before we get going on that, I thought it might be just great if you could kind of um, tell our listeners a little bit about you, your background to practice, um, and how you use PRP. Certainly. Um, I'm happy to share uh, what I can about this uh, exciting treatment that I use. Um, I've been practicing facial plastic surgery in Naples, Florida uh, for about the past uh, 27 years. Um, Somewhere around uh, 12 or 13 years ago, I was introduced to uh, platelet-rich plasma uh, for initially my big surgeries, the the surgeries that... uh, really required significant healing time and and, uh, needed uh, to be cosmetically uh, ideal. And so we started uh, using this uh, technology in both reconstructive and cosmetic procedures to uh, get the very best results and to speed up the healing process. And um, it's been nothing short of amazing uh, what we could accomplish in big surgical procedures. And that led over time to me introducing it to my um, non-surgical patients, um, using it both to uh, improve color, tone, and texture of the skin, as well as to help uh, hair regrowth in both males and females. Now, when you mention big procedures um, versus, I guess, smaller procedures, what would those big procedures be? The majority of my practice in Naples, Florida, over the past 25 years has included uh, the treatment uh, of uh, jowls, uh, double chins, uh, aging around the eyes and in the forehead region. Um, So um, my practice has primarily concentrated on um, turning back the hands of time a little bit and and, uh, making one look as young as they feel. So um, I uh, facelifting procedures and forehead lifting procedures and eyelid procedures, um, really where I spent the vast majority of my time um, uh, up until uh, a year or so ago when I, I started spending more of my time in the non-surgical realm and, and not so much in the uh, surgical realm. Uh, got it, got it. Well, can you explain um, a, a little bit more about the PRP, you know, platelet-rich plasma treatment and, and how it works? Um, can I understand it is, it is a little bit of a process? Well, it, it is a very small process for uh, uh, us to create this special gel. Um, you know, first and foremost, uh, let me emphasize that, that uh, most of the things that we use uh, for aesthetic treatments uh, that we inject are an, um, somewhat natural but aren't taken directly from the patient and then put right back into the patient. So what makes this somewhat unique is that we're using your own healing factors uh, to create uh, improvement in your skin, improvement in your hair, improvement in healing. The platelet-rich plasma, which is uh, sometimes called PRP or even CRP, cytokine-rich plasma, um, is something that that is floating around within our platelets in our blood at all times. 
but only really becomes activated and useful whenever we have an injury. Uh, when an injury occurs, the platelets, which when I was in medical school about 30 years ago, uh, we knew that platelets were good for blood clotting. What we didn't realize is that in addition to being good for blood clotting, that platelets carried all of these growth factors, which would, whenever an injury occurred, it would call the body's uh, amazing healing properties uh, and, and bring them in to create new collagen, new blood vessels, to rejuvenate the area that was injured. So we're able to take some blood from a patient. We're able to uh, spin it in a little, what we call a centrifuge, to remove the red blood cells and the white blood cells, which aren't of value for what we're going to use it for. We concentrate the platelets, and then we activate the platelets, and when they're activated, they dump these growth factors into this serum, and then we're able to use this serum to both inject back specifically into areas that we want to improve. We also use it to uh, put on the surface of the skin, and then through a technique we call microchanneling, we're able to create little channels in the skin where the healing factors can get into the um, skin and, and the areas just beneath the skin to uh, make new collagen, to uh, stimulate new blood vessel formation, and to call in uh, growth and healing factors. Now let me ask you a question. In, um, there was a, a uh, uh, some recently, some months back, um, I think Kim Kardashian made the vampire facelift quite popular. Um, would this be, as, or uh, the vampire facial treatment, I should say, um, would this be a similar type of treatment to that what she was talking about? Well, I think that that I'm not. Kim Kardashian's physician, and, and I'm not 100% sure uh, what uh, they uh, produced and what they used, but I think the concept is very, very similar. Um, the, the couple of things that would be a little different than what I think uh, became an Internet sensation on YouTube with Kim Kardashian uh, is that um, when you saw her, quote, vampire facelift, uh, the product that they put on her face uh, looked like you were putting a bloody product on her face. The red color of blood comes from the red blood cell. The red blood cell is not useful in, in this uh, PRP procedure at all. It's the growth factors in the platelets that are so important. So typically, uh, the best PRP with the highest level of growth factors is more a golden color. So uh, yes, and in some respects, uh, what Kim Kardashian had done was uh, a form of uh, platelet-rich plasma. Um, but in, in, in contrast to what uh, what they saw there, uh, those who are uh, maybe concerned about the procedure, um, you won't look like you've had blood splattered all over your face uh, during or after the procedure that, that we perform, um, and yet you should have even higher growth factor and healing factor levels than, uh, than are able to be obtained uh, if the red blood cells are left in, in place. Oh, got it, yeah, and that makes sense, and so your PRP treatment is obviously a, a far more concentrated, and I would imagine a far more effective treatment for the patient. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I do find it quite fascinating, you know, because this is, is it's so um, kind of futuristic in terms of the fact that you can take, you know, and harvest just from the blood, you know, growth factors and healing factors that can be used in cosmetic surgery to, you know, uh, re revitalize, rejuvenate, or, or heal various, you know, cosmetic treatments. Um, and I do understand at um, Holcomb Craith and Plastic Surgery, you know, you also use it um, 
when you do hair restoration as well as, you know, cosmetic treatments. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about all of the, the different availability of treatments that you would use PRP? A- absolutely. Um, we use it. Um, I, I would say most uh, use at this point in time uh, might be for uh, hair um, rejuvenation because uh, uh, certainly in males that is one of the first things that uh, is a sign of aging and one of the things that uh, concerns males uh, the most is, is the loss of their hairline and, and therefore a more aged look. And you know, we at once only had hair transplant as an option. And uh, we both use the growth factors to regrow uh, hair to wake up the dormant follicles that are there and also to improve the, the texture of the hairs. The hairs that are uh, eventually going to fall out on top are often much thinner in their shaft and, and wispy and don't give much coverage. Um, once uh, exposed to this uh, platelet-rich plasma, uh, these hairs become stronger, thicker, and more like the hairs around the sides over our ears and on the back. So we use it quite a bit for uh, male pattern uh, hair loss. Um, it also seems to work very, very well uh, for females uh, around menopause and after menopause as they too begin to get thinning hair, both thinning in their hair shafts and loss of hair um, to, to really uh, energize that area again. Um, then when it comes to the skin, um, we are all bad, uh, certainly uh, those of us here in Florida and, and, and in uh, California and in Arizona and many places where people spend a, a great deal of time outdoors and, and don't necessarily or haven't necessarily protected their skin uh, from the sun like they should have in the past, you get a tremendous amount of damage to our skin. And then people aren't necessarily always good about removing um, their makeup and, and other products that get on their face. Um, this procedure using these uh, growth factors and microchanneling and injecting selectively into the right areas can certainly um, significantly improve the, the look of the skin, uh, give a much more youthful looking skin. The tone gets better, the texture gets better, the color improves, and, and all of this um, just augments or, or helps with any other things that we do. Um, whether it's to do a, a surgical uh, procedure to the face, whether it's to uh, have a laser procedure uh, for the face, uh, whether fat injections are being done or, or hair transplants, uh, all of these procedures heal faster and heal better uh, with the use of, of your own um, concentrated growth factors. So interesting. And so um, now would you also be able to use this um, to improve the skin on the neck or the skin on the chest area, or is it just primarily for the face? No, um, I will tell you that that, uh, some of the worst uh, problems that uh, people have complained to me about over the last uh, many years is that we can improve their face with lasers and and, and other more uh, aggressive devices that aren't necessarily appropriate for the neck and the chest and even the back of the hand, which is another place that uh, tends to suffer from serious sun damage uh, over time. And we have seen some very dramatic improvements in uh, neck color, tone, and texture in uh, the look of the decollete area. You know, it's a real sad thing to get a beautiful new necklace uh, and, and then to put it on top of uh, an area that's been sun damaged and, and uh, just doesn't quite look like it once did. Um, so we will very commonly use it um, in addition to the face, uh, in the neck, and in the decollete area, and then uh, even on the hands to uh, improve uh, the skin in these sun-damaged areas as well. 
Oh, that's great. And I didn't realize that you could also use it on the hands. I know they, you know, I, I have heard it said, you know, you can kind of do a facelift and you can do, you know, facial skin improvements, but you can always kind of tell a, a woman's age by the skin on the back of her hand. So it's nice to know that there is, you know, now a treatment that you can uh, rejuvenate that skin tissue as well. The hands uh, historically have been one of the uh, telltale giveaways uh, when, when when someone otherwise looks uh, 20 years younger. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And now, um, does you know? Obviously, you say that how it improves, you know, the color and the texture and the tone of the skin. Um, you know, as we age, you know, skin tissue does become you know more fragile or thinner. Can it also help strengthen the um, the, the the tissue as well? Well, there's no doubt that whenever new collagen is added uh, to the to the tissues, uh, you get strength. Um, when we're younger, our collagen tends to be wound uh, up like a rope, and, and you have long strands that give strength and thickness to the skin. As we get exposed to the sun and, 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 the, and the aging processes, we tend to have this collagen become quite fragmented. And we also have elastic fibers in our skin that, that tend to uh, give what we call rebound. And as we know, say a rubber band, that when it's new, it's very strong and elastic and it bounces right back. Over time, we know that it loses its elasticity. With the use of these products uh, into the skin, it certainly does in, uh, increase the um, uh, ability for the skin to, to thicken a little bit, the ability for the skin to become a little more elastic. Um, and these are all the subtle things that occur that uh, all, all put together uh, give the appearance that the skin is much younger than it may actually be. Mm, that's great. That's great. And then how, um, you know, if for a typical, uh, like, facial skin renewal process, how long um, does it actually take for you to do a procedure? Well, the procedure um, is relatively quick. Um, generally speaking, uh, we will put some uh, numbing cream on the face um, and, and allow that to, to work, and then we'll use some um, gel packs to cool the skin uh, to take away the discomfort. Um, the actual procedure uh, certainly takes less than 30 minutes. Um, it it uh, partially depends on how much of the face, uh, the neck, the decollete that we're going to treat. So. Um, typically, if we're going to treat uh, face, neck, decollete, and even the hands, um, it would take uh, the better part of 30 to 45 minutes. But if we're only going to do a facial treatment or a hair treatment, um, you know, it could take half that time. And then is this a process that you need to repeat? Um, or is one treatment, does one treatment work? Does that depend on the patient? Um, how does that work? Well, there, there's a tremendous um, um, variability in, in how one might respond. Um, uh, but in general, uh, unlike uh, you know, a surgical procedure, which is kind of a one-time big uh, uh, procedure and, and has greater risk and greater recovery time and all of those things, um, you, know, you, you typically try to do everything you can in one, um, one procedure with a surgical procedure. But with these non-surgical procedures, uh, the emphasis is to be able to return back to work or to play or to whatever you would like to be doing the following day and to, to sort of get more of a gradual uh, change that occurs over time so that uh, you don't look dramatically different to everyone. Um, having said that, it usually also uh, takes uh, a few more of these treatments to uh, receive the best results. 
And so a, a typical uh, skin treatment, we would suggest that, that uh, probably somewhere around three to five treatments in the first six months is going to give the ideal result. That's not to say that, that one won't start seeing improvement after one or two treatments, but we do see significant additional improvement if you do a series of treatments. With the hair, typically we try to do two to three procedures in the first six months as, uh, as well. Um, and then um, for maintenance, I like to say we didn't get all of this in the last year. We're trying to do as much as we can to get you as good as we can. But then for maintenance, we only have to start addressing what's occurred in the last six to 12 months. And so we typically uh, say about once every six to 12 months, uh, we do a touch-up procedure or, or a maintenance procedure that would keep your skin or keep your hair uh, looking as good as we were able to get it uh, uh, at the end of that procedure. And, yeah, and I guess you'd like to think that after having procedures like this, a patient would be more aware of future sun damage or, you know, protecting their skin more. Is that the case? Uh, absolutely, and, and I find that the majority of my patients are far more careful about the sun today than they were when you know I was a teenager and we would go out into the sun and we would put things onto our skin to make them even more sun sensitive and then we would lay on something that looked like aluminum foil trying to get the darkest, deepest tan possible. And though that might have looked wonderful when I was 18 or 20, uh, you know, uh, if I had done that as much as I had wanted to, today I would probably have uh, terribly deep lines in my face. Uh, fortunately, I decided on a profession that involved uh, spending most of my time indoors making people more beautiful, and so um, I've not uh, uh, ended up with as bad a skin as I could have ended up with. But um, I do think that most of my patients uh, even come to me at this point uh, understanding skin care and protection from the sun much better than they used to. And then on top of that, um, you know, if you're going to invest um, money in, in making yourself look good, then hopefully you're going to take better care of that uh, investment in that skin. Um, unlike, you know, cars and other things, you can't go buy new ones. You have to um, just keep the ones that God gave you uh, looking as good as possible for as long as you can. And, and so um, I think people understand that concept and are doing a much better job today at uh, protecting their skin. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think there's been such great education in terms of, you know, sun, the, the damage caused by the sun and, um, and, and people protecting their skin from a very early age. Um, let me ask you a question now. With, how does this feel to the patient? Um, you know, when they're, you said you, you have a, a, you know, a topical numbing cream um, for the surface of the skin, but, but how does it actually feel to a patient? Well, that's an interesting uh, question and a very good question. And, and I will tell you that um, people's pain tolerance uh, varies widely. Uh, if I were to uh, have 10 people that were, say, typical in my, uh, in my room in front of me today, there's a couple of those people who would tell me that um, you know, whatever I, I did with a needle in their face uh, didn't really hurt. And then there would be a couple of people that, before I even touched them uh, with a needle or with a microneedling device, would tell me that, uh, you know, they were anticipating it so much they would jump before you, you even touched them with the needle. And then everyone else is somewhere between uh, those two extremes. And, and so in doing so, we like to individualize what we do um, to make it the most comfortable procedure possible. Certainly when you're going to have more than one of these procedures to get your ideal results, you don't want to have a bad memory of the procedure. So uh, some patients will just have topical numbing cream, and that's all uh, they need, and, and they'll be happy with that. 
Um, other patients uh, already know that their pain tolerance is not as good as uh, uh, others and, and uh, desire to have a little something ahead of time. So sometimes we'll just give them a little cocktail, uh, um, an anti-anxiety sort of uh, pill and maybe a little mild pain pill about an hour ahead of time, and then we'll put the topical numbing cream on, and that tends to work uh, very nicely for the majority of patients. Um, we do have a few patients whose pain tolerance is very low and, and who uh, just want to uh, not uh, remember or feel anything, and for those patients, we also offer uh, a little IV sedation, uh, uh, similar to the when we have a colonoscopy or something like that. Um, you're not really going completely asleep like you are for uh, major surgery, but uh, you are unaware of, of the procedure completely, and uh, when you get ready to schedule your next appointment, uh, you're, you're all happy about it because you don't remember a thing, and, and, and you just know how good you look in the mirror. Yeah, I think I'd fall into the category of not wanting to remember a thing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's uh, just wake up, wake up looking beautiful. And then, well, and then how... Always, um, Go, no, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say I've always used the, the idea for myself that, that if, if uh, there's a group of ladies or men uh, that are discussing their doctor and their procedure, and one of them says, uh, you know, I look great, and everybody says, you look great, but they say, you know, I had to, 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 to deal with the discomfort of getting it done, and it wasn't fun. And the person next to them says, uh, you know, you look wonderful too, and he says, or she says, yeah, but I don't remember anything. Uh, I got I looked this good, and, and I didn't have an, uh, an ounce of pain. Um, that's where everybody goes later and talks and says, "Who did you use?" Um, so that's that's the kind of uh, uh, patient I'm I'm looking for. That's the kind of exper patient experience I'm looking for. And and quite frankly, Angela, just like you, that's the, for me, uh, that's the, the the way I would choose it if I was doing it myself. Yes, absolutely. And then after, like once the patient wakes up or, you know, they, 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 they leave you, is there um, a, a process of time before you begin to see the results? Is this one of those procedures that, like over the course of the next couple of weeks, will continue to just keep getting better? Yeah, that's absolutely true. I, I would say that it's uh, rather interesting in, in this kind of procedure that for the first couple of days, there's a little bit of swelling from the procedure. And swelling, uh, if it's mild, can often be beneficial in, in, in filling out little fine lines and, and in making things feel, uh, you know, one of the things that we lose with age is, is volume, and, and this little bit of swelling can often actually add back a little volume. So ironically, you, you may look um, a little better than you're going to look in the first month, uh, the first couple of days. Um, of course, if you get a little bruising, that, that may uh, uh, not be ideal, but uh, then you... Really, most of the effect tends to wane over the first few days uh, as far as the short-term effect, but the uh, growth factors that are uh, calling in all of the, uh, the new um, body's uh, ability to make collagen and to make elastic fibers and to create new blood vessels, that takes a little time. It's, it's like constructing a new house or constructing anything in life. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. So um, unlike some of our fillers that we use where you get sort of immediate improvement, this is a process that, that, that occurs gradually over a period of, of uh, six to eight weeks generally. Uh, so you'll really start seeing the, 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 the first significant benefits, long-term benefits from the procedure after about six weeks. And then is there any particular age that this procedure works better on or... Um, or is it really across the board in terms of, you know, what, what are you seeing in your practice in terms of age of patient? 
Uh, it, it is, you know, uh, unfortunate and ironic that, that the uh, the people that, that probably get the best results from it are also the people that maybe need it the, le- the least. And by that I mean that, that uh, the younger we are, the more uh, ability our body has to heal itself and to react to an injury and these sorts of things. And so um, I think that, that this is used uh, at all ages and you get benefit from it at all ages, but I would say that, that you get the most significant changes and improvements in the, uh, you know, the people at Kim Kardashian's age, as we mentioned earlier, and the people that are uh, maybe just getting the earliest signs of aging. And that's kind of neat because, um, you know, it's doing something to uh, be preventative and to uh, be maintenance at a time when it's maybe a little early to be having, uh, even considering surgical procedures. Uh, it's also yes. you know, very, very useful in the um, older group that may be past the time when they want surgery or past the time when they can even have surgery for other health reasons. And so, you know, probably the second greatest benefit uh, is, is in those who are still wanting to look their best but really past the age of having cosmetic surgery. Cosmetic surgery. Yeah, so then really it really is, I mean, I understand that, of course, it, you know, if you're, you're, you know, working with kind of, you know, younger tissue, then the, the chance for it to kind of revive itself, I'm sure is, you know, greater than with older tissue. But it is great to hear, like you just said, for patients who perhaps are either past the age of, of having a surgical procedure or for other health issues, you know, would prefer to not kind of go under the knife, if you will. For that, there is there is some treatment that can really help uh, create a healthier, more youthful complexion for for that age group too. Oh, absolutely, and and that uh, that's sometimes the most rewarding thing is to have uh, some of these um, primarily ladies uh, in this case for this situation who come in who uh, are still uh, feeling uh, you know 20 years younger and 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 have the energy level uh, of someone 20 years younger, but just aren't. Uh, um, at a point in their time when they want to undergo a, a, a bigger procedure uh, to be able to, to get uh, significant things done without having to commit to uh, significant risk and downtime. Yeah. Now, let me just ask you one last question I have for you, Dr. Ken, and then if there's anything you think we you know, have not discussed about the PRP, um, you know, in the course of our, our conversation here, you know, I'd love to hear that. But I, I do understand, you know, as you mentioned earlier, that you are a, uh, you know, board-certified facial plastic surgeon. And um, from what I understand, you are a, you know, considered a facial rejuvenation expert. And, and you mentioned that now you are, you are very much, you know, in the uh, non-surgical aspects um, of you know cosmetic improvement. So does that also include you know injectables and fillers and Botox and that type of thing? Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Though uh, I mentioned though earlier that I spent uh, the majority of my time um, from the beginning of my practice uh, until about four years ago doing surgery. Um, I was always keeping up with the latest uh, technologies and the latest products and procedures uh, that were non-surgical to augment. I had a mentor one time that, that taught me that, um, you know, you start uh, if you're making a cake uh, with the cake itself, and, and it is the structure and the foundation of what you do, but it's not very attractive until you ice it, until you decorate it. And, and so when I started my practice uh, in 1990, there weren't any um, significant numbers. Uh, there weren't hardly any injectable fillers, uh, anything that was uh, non-surgical that, that made much of a difference in the way we looked. So if I was 
to be uh, trying to practice in 1990 what, I'm, what I was doing today, I, I wouldn't have uh, much to do because there, there weren't all these new technologies and products and, and these sorts of things. However, um, as time went along, uh, um, I was uh, an, a very early adapter using Botox. Uh, when Botox first came out in the mid-90s um, for use in uh, non-aesthetic reasons, uh, a neurologist who's a nationally known neurologist uh, taught me how to use it for aesthetic purposes, and, and I started using it. So I've been using it for over 20 years. Um, in the early 2000s, there, there started to be the explosion of the uh, hyaluronic acid gel fillers and, and, and other products that uh, were um, mimicking nature, but at the same time allowing us to get immediate improvement with something that was quite natural. Um, and I started using those, again, to take what I considered to be a, a, a really good result and make it a, 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 an excellent result by taking surgical procedures and then adding to it um, these little small refinements. Uh, kind of like a, a good interior decorator would do in a home, except doing this for our, uh, our face. Um, so I've been using these non-surgical uh, um, procedures and non-surgical products uh, as they come along. And that's great. Now, do you feel that with you know the PRP is just kind of like the latest uh, the the latest tool for you to continue with that icing on the cake, if you if you will? Yes. Yes, you know, the, as I mentioned earlier, there there is the time when you know it's it's good for um, the patient who's not quite ready for surgery, and and then also for for the patient who's past the time of having surgery. But in the larger percentage in the middle, those that are um, right in the in the sweet spot, we might say for uh, you know feeling. Uh, much younger than they look and wanting to look the best that they can, uh, that we, they combine the use of surgery uh, along with the use of the non-surgical uh, procedures. Uh, you know, one of the concepts we didn't understand very well when I went into practice, but we understand all too well today, is that uh, surgery is essential for problems that have to do with sagging and, and, and sometimes bulging in a, in a place. Um, but volume is really not corrected with surgery. And uh, the older we get, the, the more volume becomes a problem. And, and so these non-surgical things now uh, address the, one of the two key components of aging, which is a volume loss, uh, just like surgery uh, addresses something that really injectables don't address, which is uh, sagging and, and, and tightening up. So you know, they're not mutually exclusive, and, 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 and most people eventually we become a candidate for both volumizers as well as for um, surgical procedures that uh, involve lifting and, and tightening. Yeah, well, that's great. You know, I would love to have you back on the show at another time, perhaps to go into more depth on, you know, your expertise in terms of fillers and um, and Botox and different uses like that. Um, so that would be great. Do Dr. Um, Kent, for the listeners who would like to get in touch with you, um, what is the best way for them to reach you? Um, certainly, uh, if they would give uh, a call to the uh, Wholesome Crescent Plastic Surgery, um, the number is 813-609-4000. Um, we have offices in uh, Sarasota and also in Tampa. Um, I uh, primarily work uh, in the Tampa office, uh, and then Dr. Holcomb uh, uh, does come to Tampa, but primarily works in the Sarasota office. Uh, so certainly um, we would love uh, to take care of anyone who uh, would be interested in coming and talk to us about uh, trying to look uh, as young as they feel. Dr. Kent, thank you so much for being on Aesthetic Insider Radio, and I look forward to having you back on the show soon. Thank you so much, Angela. I've appreciated the time. 
Absolutely. We'll have a great day. You too.